So I want to become a dog trainer. Oh, yeah? But when I look, I just don't know who to join. Yeah. It's a sea of acronyms, and it appears to be unregulated. <laughs> I want to know my money is well spent with me joining a team of dynamic, ethical professionals who have the same goals as me. I also want to be taught using the most up-to-date, science-led data. So where do I go? You heard of Pat? It's a place to go to become the most knowledgeable, skilled, ethical, science-based dog training instructor you can be. It's also one of the few organisations good enough to be a member of the Animal Behaviour and Training Council. The Professional Association of Canine Trainers, PACT for short, is here to help you become the best accredited dog trainer you can be. PACT gonna help you reach your goals. PACT is the place you need to go. Oh, PACT if you love dogs like we do too. PACT we are indeed the place for you. PACT it's time to take that leap of faith. PACT delay no further while you wait. Come find us at packed-dogs.com. Are you looking for the ideal gift for the dog-loving children in your family? Jack and Billy Puppy Tales is a delightful story with an important message for children of all ages. It's written by Steve Goodall and Sally Bradbury. You'll follow two puppies, Jack and Billy, during that all-important first year of their lives. It's had some amazing reviews from some of the top dog trainers in the world. Dr Ian Dunbar, veterinary behaviourist, says... I started to smile after only four pages. I couldn't put it down and at the end I could barely read for tears of happiness. This is a wonderful book. Karen Tong, dog training instructor and child dog bite prevention educator, said this. This will definitely educate both children and adults about the correct way to bring up a puppy. It belongs in the home of all dog lovers and anyone considering acquiring a puppy. You can find us at jackandbillypuppytails.com and join the adventures. We're also on Facebook, Jack and Billy Puppy Tales. See you soon. We have some very exciting news for you on the Barks from the Bookshelf podcast. Our lovely friends at Dogwise, who publish a lot of the books that we have featured and are due to feature have decided to give all of you lovely listeners 10% off all of their titles. So if you head to their website, which is www.dogwise.com, you can have a look at their catalogue. And when you get to your shopping cart at the end, just type in the coupon code, which is BARKBOOK, all one word, B-A-R-K-B-O-O-K, and they'll give you a whopping 10% off. Enjoy! Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about the dogs and barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn together. Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about our dogs and barks from the bookshop till we're gone. Hey!
parts from the bush and then we're gone la 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 dogs are parts from the bush and then we're gone la 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 parts from the bush we're gone la 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 dogs are parts from the bush get up Hello! Hello, we're still here. We're here, we're here, we never left. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Been in the same room for how many? Festering away. How many weeks? A lot, a long, 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 a yeah, it must have been. Was it? Did we do another off the shelf? Oh my god, I don't remember. It's been it's been a long time. It's not been that long, but I've forgotten everything. A lot so, has happened though. Thank you for rejoining us. If you are listening, you haven't forgotten us as much as we've forgotten. Half of our listeners have fallen off the cliff. <laughs> and now we're and only now down to two. <laughs> listening to drinking from the toilet. <laughs> so what what have you been doing? God, this could go on, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean. Uh, how do I fit two months into two minutes? I'll try. Um, well, we can't. We had this place that we're sat in now built. Yes, yes. You should you should describe this because okay. this is pretty awesome. We're we're in what we have called the woofis. The woofis, um, which is uh, a, a basically a four meter by four meter um, garden structure for working from home. <laughs> garden structure. I like that. Yeah. It's very cool, listeners. I must admit, I'm very jealous. It needs a bit of homelifying, but I'm trying not to, you know, do my usual. Just having me in it makes it more homely, I think, you'll find. It's very cool. It's really, really cool. It's got lots of dog beds, which is always... Oh, the dogs love it. The dogs love it. And it's got a fridge, listeners. Yeah. Fridge. Oh, you've got to keep your beer cold. Might be a you? beer in there. Although it's the non-alcoholic beers. You're being very good, mate. I'm being so good. I'm so proud of you. I'm not doing it because I've decided to do it for my health. I'm actually doing a, a crazy fitness challenge. <laughs> it's moment. nothing to do with his health. No. It's just that he's really competitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, I guess well, a lot of people who listen to us would know because there's a fair amount of crossover. But I'm, I'm involved in this stupid thing called Get In Shape Timber which is me um, and three other people from the dog world, um, Carrie-Ann Selwyn, Taz Nichols and Nick, the baby Benja. Um, we've, all been, we've all been on podcasts together at some point. I think Nick's I the only one that hasn't come on to us. We went on his. I did offer that he'd come in and we, we, didn't, we didn't talk about it after oh, that. Well. He's too busy. Maybe he's, he's, too, yeah. <laughs> he's in he got now. too busy. Yeah, he does TV now, whatever. He's like I told him Steven. he'd have to run here and he said no. <laughs> You can't help it. You've got to get a dig in. So, yeah, um, it's uh, it's supposed to be a running challenge, but Carrie's made it a walking and running challenge. Um, and uh, hey, it's basically... she's given up spice pumpkin lattes, Steve. I know, Calm I know, down. I know, I know. We've all, we've all given something up, Carrie. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, but, yeah, um, I, I, uh, I had lofty aspirations this year that I would be able to keep up with Taz. For those of you who don't know, Taz is, um, is quite fit gentleman lives, iron man isn't he lives in new zealand yeah he's definitely like um some sort of wolverine type iron man hybrid um and i'm more like slug man <laughs> slug boy would be my superhero nickname. oh god a bad day <laughs> slug <laughs> the incredible slog. Um, you really have been watching a lot of Marvel. Yeah. But I've got I've got this really keen I've got a, a, what I have got mm. is a lot of stamina yeah. So as long as my body doesn't break, 
Yeah. I can just keep How going. How is the body I'm like, going? Forrest Gump, then? it broke. Yeah. It broke on about day eight. That's Although that being did, said, you did a marathon a day for the first. No, no, no. It wasn't a marathon. Okay. It was five, it was five half marathons in a row. Is how I how I I came out of the trap. Bang. I mean, that's like a that. lot. That's a lot. I think I overdid it. Although I think <coughs> I don't think I think I think the running was to do with why my knee hurts. Um, but actually, what really done me in was peaches. Oh, um, really? Peaches, a long line, and a Labrador in a park. I'll leave the rest oh. to you. That was the that was so the worst thing. So you've got a, a newfound-related injury. Yes, is what you're saying. Well, I think I think the running obviously exasperated yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so I haven't run for since the eighth of September to the what was it now? Twenty first, mate. Twenty first. I'm still only about forty kilometers behind though. They well, haven't they haven't stepped it up enough. I reckon if if I get fit again, I think you need to get on that travelator behind us right now. I refuse now. to walk out of principle. Well, you can run on the travelator. It's got mm. a bit of extra bounce on it. I don't need no extra bounce. <laughs> Anyway, if anyone's interested, head on over to, um, we've got a Facebook group, Get In Shape hyphen Timber. Um, come find us on there. It's, there's loads of banter. It's for charity, mate. Isn't oh, it? yeah. And also, we're doing it for charity. So um, if you want to donate, come aboard. Mm. Come aboard. But that's just that's just me. What else you've been doing? Oh, talk about Dogstable. Oh, yeah. Dogstable was great, actually. So we were meant to do Dogstable back in May. Mm. And then this thing happened. I don't know if you heard of it. This, this thing called COVID happened. COVID. <clears throat> Look it up if you haven't heard of it. Mm. Um, and so it got postponed to September. And I'll be honest, you know, I was thinking, well, I can't see it happening. Mm. Because it's a big event, like, you know, thousands and thousands of people. But yep. they managed to put all the, you know, measures in place that they needed to. So it went ahead and I was on the behaviour stage there. Um, you came along, cheered me on. I stayed along for for the right amount of time that my Jack Russell would allow me to yes, be there, yes. and then we left. And then she noticed a big dog on the yeah. um, marquee behind her. I not think... not a real dog, a picture of a dog. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was that. But no, it was a really good weekend, and um, it was it was nice to see um, some people. If you came up and saw me, hi again. Thank you for coming. Uh, and it was yeah, it was good. It was good. And hopefully they'll be uh, doing it again next year. And who knows, I might even be involved. Yeah, it was it was very nice. Nice setting, wasn't it? Yeah. Burley, Burley? Burley, yeah. Burley. Burley Manor. Very, very nice. It was very cool. We went around, we got, uh, we got Penny a puppuccino, um, which had like blueberries and mm. like doggy chocky cookies and things like that in it and she absolutely loved it it was very good it was very cool we sat down and watched a little bit of your talk as well which <laughs> was really nice as much as penny would let us watch yeah well it's a good excuse to not have to <laughs> listen to me wang on you listen to me wanging on enough i've got three so. hours of it today exactly for god's sake i know, I know. <laughs> no yeah there was a nice crowd there it was all socially distanced it was great they didn't have the um kiss nap for a pound stand this no, year no we had to knock that on the head it was a shame but <laughs> hey you never know next year it the might COVIDs. be back <laughs> i'll try and smash my target at four pound 78 tell what else we did we celebrated my wife's birthday yes, we didn't did. we or corin's yeah. birthday old sea dog for the friends of the podcast you know corin very well she comes onto our off the shelves quite often um and she was 52 <laughs> she um. looks good didn't she <laughs> She's not 52. Um, she is 31. 31. Yeah, I know, she's so young. 31. Remember so those days? Young. Remember those days? No, not really. Although they weren't as long ago as those days right. were for you. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, 
yeah so we had a picnic um and uh i'm not so i said i'm i'm off alcohol um for the whole month that was part of the challenge but we did arrange that there would be um some times where we could drink and that was one of them yeah, so because past, i hadn't been drinking you? before i got mm-hmm. absolutely um blottoed mm-hmm. um I remember mm-hmm. dancing around to songs. There was uh, lots of dancing. It was Nirvana, good. Um, yeah. jumping about to that. I also remember midnight swimming in a river. Yes. Did yes. that happen? Yes, it did. Brilliant. Yes, it did. Good. I thought it was a strange dream. No, it was <laughs> lovely. The stars were out. It was beautiful. I was just, I was absolutely amazed that I got home with all my stuff. I know. Yeah. But Even the sunglasses I thought I'd lost, they turned up in Jay's bag. Found them. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Maybe we're not as useless as we thought. <laughs> it's all been it's all been quite busy, isn't it? I mean, I think, uh, yeah, work commitments got in the way. So sorry, it's been a little bit of uh, a little bit of time, um, but we're back with a bang. We are back with a bang. Ba-doom. Oh, I did a webinar as well. Yes, you did. Did a webinar. It was very good. Thank you. Um, my first webinar. So can people, nervous. Can people see it? Can they, can we? Maybe when we talk about dog, dog training college, we can talk about it and and find out whether it can yeah. be publicly accessible yes we've got some we've got some big announcements mm-hmm. on the horizon possibly today um about um possible sponsorships and things and stuff and bits and bobs like that which is going really well um um but yeah um it was a webinar about podcasting uh it's the first one i've ever done i was quite nervous um but then once it all started i was fine yeah, um, you I was just nervous. Really well. It was very good. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, I think quite a few, few people listened to it from what I've heard, feedback-wise. Um, yeah. So that was nice. Yeah, you yeah. got some questions at the end, so that always proves that people were listening. I got some questions. Yeah. It wasn't like... Um, like four hours of questions like Susan Friedman but it was, <laughs> no. but it was questions nonetheless <laughs> no it's a good experience I'd like to do another one there's something actually it's quite funny because it was for the dog training world but not really about dogs yeah which was cool yeah um, yeah yeah so that's quite nice so yeah I'll, um, I'll see yeah well see, done see if the invitations start come flooding well, you in you never I know I mean Knocking luckily, down my door. Luckily, your phone is off because yeah. otherwise it could be. <laughs> Just be ringing off the hook. <laughs> off the hook. Right, come on then. What are we doing today? Why are we here? Right, we're well, doing a podcast. Yeah, we are. We're, we're getting ourselves back into our podcasting suits. Boom. Our superhero onesies. Podcasting onesies. Slug um, boy. Yeah, I just can't do like. <laughs> Slug boy. You've got a wetsuit. I have got a wetsuit. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't think I'd wear it. Unless I was swimming, let's like, put it that way. <laughs> yes, it's quite noisy. It's hanging up in the shower at the moment. I must remember because otherwise it's going to give me a heart attack. Nat's going river swimming. I'm, I'm, I'm coming river swimming soon. Yeah, yeah. Should. I should get wet too. Probably. I've been, yeah, been in the hamper, been in the silent a few times. I'm going to try and do it at least three times a week. It's nice. It is very nice. It is and nice. It's, good for it, the apparently, soul. it's very good for your mental health and for your circulation, so mm. your physical health. As is it well. cold? Not really. Well, when it gets cold, if you go out there, I was reading something about heat shock and cold shock proteins. I won't bore the listeners about this, but I'll tell okay. you about it later on. And that's supposed to be really good for you as well in terms of um, inflammation and yeah. stuff. Yeah, apparently we all live with inflammation. Is this Wim Hof again? No, no, okay. no, no, no. Although got, Wim Hof probably would subscribe to this. I got talking to someone, a, a lady that was there canoeing today, and she was talking about she Wim Hof. Her. And her, no, she was... Um, they they pulled up in their canoes and then they got out and had a swim 
and um, her daughter has a big chest freezer that she fills with um, icy water and sits in for 20 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. She Wim Hof's Like it. Wim Hof, yeah. I do quite like Wim Hof. She does all the breathing stuff, and I was like, mm, I'm just going for a little paddle. In I used seat. to do the breathing stuff when I, when I ran. I used to use his method, um, which is like... Uh, you take a long breath and then blow it out super quick. Long breath in, blow it out super quick. And apparently that oxygenates your blood better. Right. According to Wim. Okay. It's very borderline woo. <laughs> I'm really borderline. funny. Well, I'm the so fact that the first woo. time I heard of him was on that Gwyneth Paltrow programme. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm doing my sceptical face. Let me, let me. No, that's fine. For the listeners. That is fine. There's a little sceptical. Really? But the first time I'd heard of vaginas was on that programme, and they're real, <laughs> aren't they? That was a weird episode. <laughs> Don't get me started on Goop Lab. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, why we digress. We... We're, why here. We we're here. We're here. Uh, we're remembering how to do a podcast because we're talking <laughs> a load of rubbish. Um, we're here to talk about um, Office Dogs the Manual, um, and we have a confession because we did this um, interview two months ago, and so it we might be repeating ourselves slightly when we, yeah, we could. go for the interview. Potentially, but who doesn't want to hear us talk about things twice? Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, we're just telling you how good it is twice. So yes. it's it's brilliant. So um, uh, Stephanie wrote this book as part of her um, uh, sort of final year project for a course she was doing with Turid Rugas. Remember her from our podcast? Oh, Turid, first, our first buddy. Ever. Yeah. Um, and so she, she talks about that in the interview a little bit as well. But it's a lovely little book. It's um, very simple and very practical. I think it's probably, um, I would put it in the same category, um, sort of practicality wise, as Louise Ginman's book, yeah. The Art, Art of Introducing Dogs, because it's very much you know kind of step-by-step guide um, yeah and it's nice and small as well isn't it mm. so it reminds me of mine as well and fights oh yeah yeah actually they, they those are the books especially the art of introducing dogs i've gone back to that one so many times considering mm-hmm. i've never heard of it before yeah. you introduced it to me that one I've it's gone. such a brilliant book so good so good but stephanie rousseau's book is also blooming marvelous yes. um i'm going to read a little bit from the back here Um, because I think that'd be really really important so take your dog to work every day exclamation mark as the popularity of taking our canine companions to the office continues to grow the many benefits for employers are increasingly recognized meanwhile a new generation of employees are prioritizing their dog's needs more than ever before written by a specialist dog behaviorist this book offers a unique insight into how to integrate your dog into office life making the arrangement work for all involved the employer the employee and perhaps most importantly the dog uniquely this book considers the dog's perspective on office life whilst also providing plenty of practical advice for making your dog's time in the office Oh, sorry, I've lost my place. Success, yay. Uh, taking you through the entire process from gaining the support of your colleagues to policy considerations for the employer. Sounds pretty good, huh? Sounds really good. And if you're thinking, yeah, but I haven't been in the office for months because of this thing <laughs> called COVID, mm. it's still relevant because even if we're working from home, that's kind of like a home office. So obviously some of the stuff isn't going to be um as applicable but there are still things like um you know setting up your workstation and uh, mm. you know who hasn't 
been interrupted on a work call by their dogs barking so it's a really good guide as to how you can avoid that becoming a, a nuisance question. Mm-hmm. did you consider any of this book when you set up the woofers uh, did i consider any i will definitely consider the um the kind of concepts in there yep. as the woofist becomes a more of a place of work and definitely so one of the sections i'm going to talk about is you know setting up your your dog's day and where you can see we have lots of dog beds in here yes and there's you know tins of treats and all that kind of stuff so yeah definitely part of um part of getting the dogs used to it in here has been just come in have a chew go so it's a nice place to be because um it it's going to be useful actually in future to be able to kind of leave them in here as well as an extra extra room for them yeah. to chill out if we have people it's a win-win isn't it around the house i like i should probably i want to set the scene a little bit there is a a uh, um what do they call those things i want to say travelator well, that's what i call it because <laughs> i can never remember the real name what are they call treadmill treadmill that's running it. treadmill yeah. here but on top of the treadmill and this is a great sign is a dog bed there's <laughs> <laughs> two dog beds yeah yeah, so yeah that's where, you know. but it's there in case I ever feel I need to do some exercise. But other than that, if you want to wake the dogs up, you just turn it exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we go inwards then? Shall we? Yeah, let's, um, let, let's explore this office dogs, the manual. Indeed. Let's go. Why read it? Why read it? Or why buy it? I think definitely buy it. Um, and if you need help with the following things, so I'm going to give you a little taster, a little run through the content section. Go. Um, so, uh, if you want to think about laying the groundwork for having a nice relaxed dog while you're trying to do some work, if you want to know how you can meet your dog's needs while them being in a office environment or a home office environment. Yeah. If you want to be able to um, identify and react to effectively to stressors. If mm-hmm. you want to be able to plan your dog's day at the office um, and teach them skills that are going to help them to relax and not be a nuisance. And if you need to get the buy-in from some of your staff or colleagues that um, it could work really well if your dog comes to work with you, then this is the book for you. You might even be able to uh, talk your employer into listening to this podcast as we Indeed. Uh, as we go through some of these. And actually, you, you brought up a good point because it's it's applicable to... We all might be doing a lot more working from home. Yeah. Maybe you've built yourself an office in your garden. <laughs> Maybe you have. I and, mean, who would do such a thing? <laughs> and you need to know how to deal with your dogs in that office. Yeah. You know, it's all applicable to other environments. Yeah, completely. Pubs, offices. Pubs, offices, yeah. I mean, we talked about that with with Steph in the interview as well, where we could kind of tweak it slightly and and rename it Pub Dogs as well. So it's just Mm. a really nice run-through of the kind of forward planning of having an enjoyable time with your dog in a slightly different environment to your home. We should probably say we've copyrighted the pub dogs. Yeah. Just in case anyone's got any ideas. Look, out if it. anyone's going to write a dog about pub dogs, it's me. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's top of the list on my socialisation. Can I draw the pictures? <laughs> yes, you can draw the pictures. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great book, and um, it's called Office Dogs: The Manual, and it really is a manual. It's it's a real 
um, practical, um, logistical, sensible uh, way of looking at the potential risks from a human and a dog point of view as well um, about having dogs in an office environment. Um, and I don't think you'd be disappointed if you if you got it and you read no. it and everybody would learn something from from reading it. So. You'd be thrilled. Yeah, pass pass it over a second there because go. there's some. Um, I wanted to hit you with some stats now. Okay. Some stats. Let me brace myself for some stats. Get ready for some stats Steve maths. Steve. Like no other maths you've ever heard before <laughs> in your life. Are you calculating page, these stats or are you just going to read them out? Seven. I'm just going to read okay. them out like I do. <laughs> and just hope that the person that wrote them was calculating them. <laughs> That's what I do all the time. Yeah. From like my Facebook. Um, <laughs> taking pets to work is growing in popularity and at the time of writing, around 8% of workplaces in the UK and US allow employees to bring their dogs to work. 8%? That's higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely... Uh, I can't remember what year this is from, but it's pro- I would have thought it's gone up since then. Yeah. They, they list some employees here. Google, Facebook, Etsy... Airbnb, Lily's Kitchen. You'd think Lily's Kitchen should. Well, anyway, yeah, they should really. Or put your money where your mouth is there, aren't yeah. you? Um, employees are also changing. Millennials, the generation who will increasingly dominate the workforce over the coming years, are committed pet owners. Although less likely to be married or living with partners, they are more likely to be sad and alone. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> They're more likely to have pets than any other generation, with 75% of Americans in their 30s having a dog. 75%. So for the employees... Finding ways to facilitate pet ownership has the potential to give them the edge when it comes to recruiting this demographic of workers. So that's a big thing to think about, isn't it? And I like this sort of, uh, you know, maybe gone are the days of like, this is how the office works. You've got to like it or lump it. Perhaps yeah. now there's a bit of to in and fro. It's been a long time since I've been in an office. I'll be honest. Yeah, I've, I had that um, sort of admin job at, at Winchester University, and actually Winchester University are very—they uh, have a dogs on campus policy, and you are oh. allowed to take your dogs into work if it's agreed with everyone in your office. Um, so it was interesting seeing it from from that side as well. Um, but I think the most important thing for me is it, it's got to be right for the people and for the dog, and mm. you know, not every dog is going to be happy in that kind of environment and even if they are they might not be happy monday to friday nine to five it'd be good to sort of as well to to wheedle out certain things wouldn't it because if you approach people and ask them whether or not we should have a dog in the office and someone says no sackable offense isn't it just get get them out (laughs) allergic to a dog sackable offense get them out we don't want those people around it's a good way of wheedling out the week isn't it in HR <laughs> no I haven't do you know actually one of the I've, I did work at British Gas in an office once and uh, this might be another one of Steve's stories is this one of those but, where I need to give you a, no, no, are you no. sure you want to share no, this story no, it's, not, it's not a sweat story okay. or anything or anything about strange you mouth you don't end diseases. up naked at any point no okay. um, but it, I did lie to get a job once I lied to get um, a job um, working for British Gas when the, when British Gas um lost its monopoly and they opened up the world of gas to other companies like Scottish Power and stuff like that um, they needed loads of people to do like data entry stuff um, and take phone calls to because everyone was leaving British Gas basically right. and getting cheaper, okay. cheaper gas bills everywhere yeah, else yeah. so I applied for a job there and said that I knew how to work computers after having no computer <laughs> experience whatsoever and I got the job through oh, just no. charm alone and uh, and found myself sat there and just in front of a computer and they were like, well, they, they gave me all this stuff and I was just like, oh crap, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I did all right. No, yeah? I, I did fine okay. now. Um, but I remember um, trying to 
<laughs> trying to work my way down the computer screen using the, the up and down and left and right keys. <laughs> just tapping like them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly like that. And some really nice guy next to me pointed out that there's some such a thing as a tab key. Yeah. And I could tab my way around. Did it did um did your computer have a mouse or was that before mice were invented then? It did, did have, it have a mouse, a... yeah. I tell you they had a smoking room though in <laughs> the office. Have... Yeah. And it was oh, like when you walked in there, it was like do you remember that T V show, Life from Mars? Yes. Life on Mars. Um yeah, yeah it was like that. It was like the There 70s. was a good BBC two um com- comedy called The Smoking Room as seen, well. Oh, that. it's good. It's worth looking at. It was up. bad news that room. You'd open it, it was like a yeah. big I mean I used to smoke, Is it like so. was it like ye- yellow yeah. and acrid? Yeah. atmosphere and yeah. just stale I think most men of a certain age just spent their entire yeah. day in there and just... a bit sort of wee and farts as well no dogs no, no dogs. dogs well I'm glad because the dog dogs. would have been yeah. blooming well, there addict we go. that was my office experience so it seems to have changed I can imagine that's not what Google's like nowadays I doubt it they've probably got a slide you take your dog into the office sometimes. I don't do you? take my dog in when I'm um, lecturing. Sometimes I'm allowed to. Everyone loves. And the then it means I don't really need to say anything important because everyone's just looking at the dog. <laughs> so I take the dog in on weeks where I haven't prepared as much. <laughs> but uh, last year I took little fish in and we um, we did some experiments oh. on him. Experiments on fish. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly what treats he preferred. Okay. Yeah. But we set it up as a scientific um, investigation. I see. So he bet he enjoyed that. He loved it, and he was so tired, and he fell asleep. Here you go, win-win. Yeah, win-win. So uh, why read it? It's great. Um, it might change your world. Yeah. World, world. It's uh, um, that's not you know I I really do hope that maybe people will listen to this and they might think about you know when things get back to normal which probably they will I don't know what normal looks like anymore maybe there is no normal but then maybe that's a good chance to start sowing the seed with bosses and things like that well if people are in offices at the moment Mm. it's likely that that there aren't as many people so it's a quieter environment because Mm. of social distancing and all that stuff so if your employer is uh, you know on the fence about whether it's allowed then Mm. it could be a great opportunity to sort of get your dog in there and then by the time everyone else comes back you go well he's been here throughout the whole lockdown and he's brilliant he's been doing all of the payroll yeah and like I said employers it's a good opportunity to get rid of Jeff because no one likes Jeff (laughs) and he doesn't like dogs and he brings his stinky egg sandwiches in and he eats them at his desk ugh Jeff Hello, fish pie in the microwave. That's always the worst. <laughs> Leftover curry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All these things that we don't miss about working in offices. <laughs> Share your horrible office stories with us. Why read? We've gone off on a gen- general tangent again, haven't we? Why read it? It's brilliant. Yeah. Stephanie Rousseau has put together an awesome manual here. It's great for dog trainers as well to have on their shelves this one because there's loads and loads of really cool ideas in here. There's a brilliant bit of the bat I'm going to get to later, which is... Um, Posters, posters, yeah. for Turner, which gave me a few ideas actually. Certain things, but anyway, anyway, let's go on, shall we? Yes, let's move through. No, oh, you pricked my eye. You wouldn't believe how long it's been since I've been pricked. <laughs> <laughs> how long has it been since you've been pricked? Um, twenty fourth of July. When July. Oh, yeah, you remember? <laughs> that must have been a pricking. <laughs> it's in your diary. Anyway, it's in my diary, yeah. My journal. Um, okay, 
So what pricked my eye mm. in terms of the book, not the smut that you are discussing, <laughs> um, was uh, chapter four, which is all about planning your dog's day at the office. And not only is this fantastic from an office dog point of view, but I just, I love forward planning, like thinking about, okay, what are my dog's needs? Are my dog's gonna, needs going to be met at this um, environment that I'm going into. Everything just goes so much more smoothly oh God, yeah. if you do this as and, well. And all it takes is like a little bit of um, forward planning, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, how much easier does it go at the pub when you remember to take a longer lasting chew and a little bed for your dog to settle on? That yep. kind of thing. Um, I always remember a lovely puppy client that I had and they had... Um, uh, an emergency pub fund which was a little box that they kept um in the doggy treat um bag and it had um like a a, a pig's ear in it mm. um and uh, a fiver <laughs> so if they come up yeah if they ever came across a, a, pi- a pub uh, and they were just out on a dog yeah. walk then they had something to give the dog and like enough it. for a pint although five are, you know yeah this is back in the day wasn't much. it well this was about 10 years ago so you have to have a 50 <laughs> pound note now to buy a round um anyway so getting back to planning so um these are common sense things but common sense is not always common and so what um stephanie's done a really good job of is is naming all the things that could be relevant so she's helping you to set your dog up to succeed so i she, loved reading this bit yeah it she talked yeah she talked about having a suitable spot so um whether your dog needs to be uh, close to you what the temperature's like are they n- worried about noises you know don't set them up right next to photocopy where there's lots of comings and goings are they more likely to be settled if they can see everything that's going on or if they have a visual barrier and a lot of it is individual preference really um and then she has a section on things to do so um little boredom busters that you can get out so choose like we've already talked about um food puzzles and playing hide and seek you know games Hmm. that are relevant to an office environment that you could have while you're making a cup of tea or whatever um and uh the importance of having breaks and then kind of lunchtime activities that you could do um and uh, you know i i just love the fact that she's mentioned having days off as well so you know having a backup plan um so that you can either um work from home or have a day off or take some flexi time or have a neighbor look after the dog so that they're not in the in the kind of office environment all day every day um but it's just a really nice little chapter it's only a few pages and there's some nice pictures in there of some good success stories um and that's what pricked my eye that's what picture i will hand that over here because as if by chance um, my eye pricking was around the same um, the same page. Uh-huh. Um, just after that page, they have a. What am I doing here? What page was it? Fifty. Da, 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 there here it we is. go. There it is. There it is. Um, they have a lovely, a lovely little activity planner, um, and and this is laid out in times. Um, so this even I could follow this. So this is really really good. Um, and like I said, this if you do do this, no matter where you go, it's it's a good thing to get in the habit of doing. No matter where you go with your dog, whatever you're doing, if you if you lay it out and pre-plan and have an idea of what you're going to do, things just go so much smoothly for everyone. So much more smoothly. But they for do indeed. Everyone. By the way, that phrase comings and goings. 
Should change it to Dominic Cummings and Green. <laughs> right, um, 7.30am. So this is the activity sheet. I'm going, to, I'm going to read it out for you because I think it's really nice. Um, so this is this is if you were going to go to work. Um, like this is if life, you were driving it? to work, this okay. one. Okay. Um, so, act, so right, here we go. 7.30am. Breakfast. 8 to 8.20am. Nice, slow, sniffy walk. Obviously, slow and sniffy keeps calm keeps those levels down we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about that on the podcast before you know don't go and throw a ball thrower for 20 minutes for your dog you might take them to work absolutely wired otherwise mm-hmm. um 8 20 to 9 a.m drive to work uh nine o'clock to 11 a.m have a rest so that's quite nice so you know you're putting all of the stuff from before together you know where your dog's going to be situated where they're going to rest you know that kind of thing maybe giving them a little chew when they get in something to give them. I really like this idea because it it kind of allows you to subjectively look at how much your dog is doing as well because yeah. I think it's, isn't it easy or should to be doing. Yeah, yeah, isn't it easy to think oh they have they haven't had enough today and yeah. then when you actually write it down you realize you've done adding up to nearly two and a half hours of activity which is You should. And a lot of rest as well which I think yeah. is really important which is some I think some of us are you know, can can sometimes think more more is more, mm. whereas less is more. Less is more. Um. Uh. So yeah, nine to eleven o'clock. Have a rest. Eleven a.m. Short toilet break for you and the dog. Um. <laughs> Eleven ten a.m. to one p.m. More resting. Good. Very important. One p.m. to one thirty. I like this bit. Slow sniffy walk or outdoor nose games such as treat search or treat tree. Um. I mean, again getting i mean we could talk about dogs noses again can we it would be like a broken record but Mm -hmm. um just you know i i had a very short window um a couple of weeks back where i could walk both dogs and i decided because we had our paddock set up for some scent work stuff to just go and do some scent work stuff with them which is really hard if you're on your own by the way dogs that are obsessed with running in the paddock and trying to hide stuff on the <laughs> wore me out more to wore them out but just a little it was about 25 minutes each dog got but they were really really tired so again yeah. you know that that's a great you know if you've only got half an hour for lunch you know you can really you know work it so that your dog gets um loads and loads of olfactory enrichment doing that that'd be Ooh, nice we got the big word I out i got the big word or my big boy pants on. Um, one thirty to four pm, resting again, and I'm all resting. Uh, four pm, short toilet break again. Four ten to four twenty, visit friends in the. I like this. Visit friends in the office. Perhaps there's a little job for him to do. Your dog could take them a pen or a magazine. Oh, I love that. That's so. How cute. amazing would that be? That is so. Think cute. of the morale in the office yeah. if a little terrier or whatever toddles up to you with a pen. Imagine that last bit of the day when you're like, oh. I really want to go really home like, now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and then you feel a little wet nose nudging on your leg, and, and it's Jeff. You- <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I thought he'd got fired. He definitely will get fired now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know Dirty what you mean. Jeff. <laughs> Bringing you a little pen or a magazine. How cool would that be? Yeah, that would be. Or sweet. your letters for the day. Or a jammy dodger. Oh, I've, got, I've just started eating jammy dodgers again. The vegan. I know. I don't really like them. I don't know why I said jammy dodger. What are you prefer... talking about, Natalie? I like a. How can you go to university and not like jammy dodgers? I don't know. It's just. I just don't like the fakeness of the strawberry goo. How dare you? I mean, I'd shout, "Get out!" But you're in your own, <laughs> your own woofus. Get out anyway. More resting, four twenty to five p.m. And then it's a drive home. That sounds like a pretty good day, that does, to me. Yeah. Um, sounds like it makes me want to go and work in an office. And they, they've got another one, another one next door, um, but it's about maybe you go on the train. Um, actually, this one is specifically set a bit later um, due to the train journey being off-peak, so a little quieter. 
um, which I think is very oh, that's nice. yeah, that's really nice. So again, Stephanie's you know ticked all well, the boxes. She just needs there. to add a new one in, which is COVID work day. Yeah, get out of bed one p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crawl on your lips to the kitchen. Well, yeah, one till one fifteen emails. One fifteen <laughs> till five nap. <laughs> Breakfast, weebix. Lunch, weebix. <laughs> Evening, weebix. Weebix and beer. <laughs> But yeah, um, that that I love that, and uh, like I said, even I could follow that. And you, you you just take that and extrapolate those ideas across anything that you do with your dog. I mean, we're not saying you need to be, you know, like like Nat is, like you know, obsessed with figures and writing stuff down on stationery and things. What do we call you? I've forgotten now. I don't know. I can't Did remember we what said your nickname Filofax Fanny? I can't remember yeah, what it's it called. Yeah, Filofax Fanny. I was really wondering what nickname. I don't know. I don't know what you talk about behind your back. I haven't got no nicknames for you. No nicknames at all. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I, I love yeah. that. And yeah. And also, really I think um, like a, a, a daily activity budget or something like that helps if you do have particularly keen colleagues or family members um because you can say you know this is my dog's routine mm. and then because i remember reading something about um when everyone was working from home at the start of lockdown and you know these dogs getting absolutely exhausted because everyone wanted to walk mm. the dog because that was the only way they were allowed out of the house and you just think oh um so you know on the other side having a kind of activity and a schedule means that the dog isn't going to be overstimulated or you've got an excuse if yeah. if jeff wants to take him out <laughs> i like that thank you to jeff god's sake jeff will eat him um <laughs> yeah great i'm 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 in sold i love it office dogs go and buy it yep hi okay so we are very very happy and lucky to be joined by the wonderful author of Office Dogs, all the way from Dublin. 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 You put me on the spot there. <laughs> Just did like a Dublin. Dublin. Uh, er to be sure. Er to be sure. Oh, don't, don't, Steve. No, don't. let's not Just go leave there. It. So, um, the lovely author of this book is called Stephanie uh, Rousseau, and I'm going to read you a bit about um, Stephanie if you want to find out more. So, um, Steph has always been passionate about dogs. Wherever she went as a child, acquired canine pals. Um, when she went missing as a toddler, she was subsequently found some distance away, sitting under a hedge with the neighbour's dog. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, the draw to canines continued into adulthood, but it was in 2010 when Steph adopted a retired ex-racing greyhound called Alfie that the um, career working with dogs became a consideration uh, she finally set up a dog training and behaviour business in London in 2014 where she worked with hundreds of dogs from puppies to adults with serious behavioural issues she became a member of the PDTE which is the Pet Dog Trainers of Europe um, in 2015 completed Turid Rugas's International Dog Trainers Education in 2016-17 and it was her final project for that course um, that this book has had its humble beginnings. Um, Steph relocated to her hometown of Dublin in 2017 where she lives with her two dogs, um, Fire, Fia, can't remember, I do apologise, I remember her potentially um, joining us in the background actually. Um, and third year, a rather handsome ex-lab, Beagle Cross. Um, since beginning work on this book, her focus on office dogs has increased. I'm sure she's kind of become a 
um, expert in the field. And sometimes when you get that kind of niche market, you it just grows and grows, doesn't it? Um, and alongside her training behaviour work, she visits workplaces and helps workers learn more about their dogs and how office life can be tweaked to be as stress-free as possible for them. What a great as, job. Yeah, I know. Yeah. As well as offering advice and help to businesses that are considering becoming dog-friendly. I love so, that. I love that as a job. That's cool. Yeah. Sounds that really, brilliant. Really cool. So that's a bit about Steph. So let's delve in and remind ourselves what we talked to her, uh, talked about her. And I feel like we should do like a Wayne's World-esque. <laughs> one-to-one with an Italian couple and I I um I tr- struggle really hard not to start adopting accents as I'm yeah. talking to people I do and it was really and the Italian accent is one of the ones that I absolutely you love just sort of go a bit gooey listening yeah to that was a struggle they even said ciao when they were leaving I was like, <laughs> oh. I was like yes it's the best <laughs> My- well, I won't take offense if you start a Oh if God! You don't want to know. Accent, I you, won't take offence. You don't. You don't <laughs> my, want to hear me. <laughs> my sister and um, my brother-in-law uh, lived in Cork for mm. gosh, ten, twelve years. They've been back over here for about three years now, and they've only just started, um, you know, not starting a sentence with "will I." or saying "grand," you know, all the little colloquialisms that they picked up <laughs> as when they're yeah. over there. <laughs> It's funny how that happens, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it. it takes me about an hour, and I'm and I'm off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Horrendously embarrassing. Horrendously. I've been I've been to Ireland once. I've never been to Dublin, but um, I went to Mayo, County Mayo. Yeah. Um, oh, lovely! It's nice there. Oh, it's beautiful. I climbed Crow Patrick. I think it's called the place where St Patrick was supposed to have rid Ireland of snakes from. It was um, yeah. Did you do it in your bare feet? I no, no. no, no. <laughs> Lightweight. <laughs> I did it. I did it begrudgingly. I did it back in. A, I don't know if you remember in the sort of like a late nineties, early two thousands. Giving away my age here a little bit. It was quite a fashion to have like oversized jeans, especially if you were a skateboarder, which I was at the time. Yeah. And I did it in a pair of oversized jeans. That was a mistake. Can I just say that for anyone else that wants to try and climb a mountain? Did you? Did you have chub rub? I know. Well, what I did have was I just kept treading on the back of my jeans. Oh, yeah. And I just read it. It was an absolute nightmare, but it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful yeah. over there. <laughs> so well, then. Yeah, thank you for joining us um, on this lovely Friday. Um, Steve's probably already press record because he's sneaky like that and he doesn't like to miss any um, mm. any chat beforehand, preamble. Mm. Um, so... Uh, we, we are not Parkinson worthy interviewers. <laughs> so um, it's just nice to have you on and have a chat about um, about your book, Office Dogs. Um, okay. And I've um, I've made a few notes because, you know, I try to be professional. And all that. <laughs> um, but it'd be really nice if you could just start off for our listeners, just telling um, them a bit about yourself. So about your practice and, you know, how you work at the moment and where you're based and all that kind of stuff. Okay, Natalie. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, it's always lovely to get an opportunity to talk about, about office dogs. 
Um, so I suppose my my um, journey into the dog world began like it does for a lot of people with a slightly problematic dog. <laughs> in 2010, I adopted an ex-racing greyhound called Alfie. Um, and he was about six years old and he was terribly institutionalized and he had a whole host of behavioral problems. Um, he tried to savage every dog he saw. He had terrible separation anxiety. He pulled like a train on the lead. Um, and it was just, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be when I got my, my first <laughs> dog as an adult. Um, so after a few months of sort of trying to bungle my way through, um, my partner at the time said, look, we're going to have to get a dog trainer in. So we did. Um, Winky Spears is a dog trainer in Southwest London and she came and met Alfie. And I suppose that's that's where it all started. I got the, the dog training bug and Alfie improved and he began to make friends with other dogs, which was such a big thing for me. Mm. Um, and then just over the next sort of few years, it, it just began to, to start stewing in my brain, I suppose, thinking about whether this was something I could do. Um, so I started doing various different courses and then eventually in 2013, I think it was, um, I set up a dog training business in London um, and I ran puppy classes and social walks and did one-to-one -one behavior consults. And then I suppose a significant point for me was in 2016 when I started doing Tour Drugas's International Dog Trainers Education when it came to the UK and um, that was on up in Durham and well, I mean what an amazing thing yeah. to that's what I've got on my notes I've just got Turid in big capital letters because we were so lucky to have her on one of our it was our first episode wasn't first it first episode yeah it was a bit yeah. of a, that was a bit of a so, coup because um yeah not many people yeah many I mean interviews. how was that it must have been amazing to learn from her it was amazing it was life-changing and I think I suppose before I did her whole education um I went to one of her weekend courses up in Staffordshire. And I, I remember just coming away from that weekend and thinking, she's just so generous with her knowledge. I've learned more in those two days than I'd probably learned in years of going to mm. other dog training courses. Um, because certainly when I started doing dog training courses, they were all very much run as a business. And there was lots of drip feeding little bits of information. And mm. if you want to find out more about that, you have to come and do our this yeah. course, that course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for Turid, as you, you probably found, it's just, it's so much about helping the dogs. It's not about her making money or using her knowledge as a business. It's about helping dogs. Mm. And she knows that the way to help dogs is to share that information and to, to give people the knowledge they need to help dogs. Um, it's more like a philosophy, isn't it? It is a philosophy. And dog training is probably not the the best way to describe what she does yeah. um but it was it was an amazing opportunity to you know it's over 10 three-day blocks I think um over about a year and a half and it just it just totally changes how how you view dogs and how you view your work and I suppose Winky who I met had learned from Turid so I suppose in a way I was coming from that angle anyway before the course um but no she just she just knows so much and then as time goes by there's various different bits of research done and you realize that's actually tour had been saying that for years and everyone thinks <laughs> just 
you know, <laughs> mad stuff. And then the research is done and she's right again. <laughs> it's just an amazing instinct that, that she has and an amazing philosophy and an amazing compassion for dogs. Um, so it was an incredible experience and definitely, I suppose, the most um, influential Mm, learning experience that I had about dogs um just a quick question there um so did you find sorry is it Winky Winky Spears yeah I've got her book on my we've had a very similar start because Winky was one of the first people I went to see talk she came down to the new forest oh okay so we've both been really lucky in that the people we've chosen to kind of follow at, at the beginning of our career were in that ethos because it's easy to go a bit wayward isn't it when you don't really know what you don't know or what you want to know or that's exactly what I was going to ask I was going to say was it it, no 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 was it by chance that you that you came across this person or or first of all how do I not know this person uh best name ever um but (laughs) second of all yeah I mean was it by chance did you research that or was it just you know typed into google found winky spears and then your journey started from there because like Nat says, it's it's so easy, isn't it, to to maybe have fallen on the other side of things, and and then you know um, maybe not gone gone down the route you went down, Steph. Yeah, and it was sheer chance. I'd love to say it was because I I had a sense of what I wanted, but it was it was desperation. I emailed, I googled dog trainers in London. Mm-hmm. I emailed a few people, and some of the like I was just starting off what age was I 23 or 24 um, and I was just starting off kind of in my career and just some of the quotes I got back from people were you know hundreds of euros um and it was it was fluke she was nearby I could afford the prices she was charging um and it could easily have been someone else yeah. and I always remember because I think when you when you learn about dogs it's very easy to become very judgmental about what other people are doing but I always remember when I when I had Alfie and he was pulling on the lead, my mother said to me, oh, you have to give him a good hard yank back when he pulls. <laughs> and I did it because I didn't know any better. Yeah. And I yeah. sort of think if I'd gotten someone in, a dog trainer who who was putting themselves forward as a professional, you know, you could have en- I could have ended up doing dreadful things with, with yeah. my dog. Such a good point, because we kind of just put our trust in things. I mean you know if I if I went to a professional for advice in pretty much any other area of my life I'm I'm gonna follow their advice or Mm. you know at least give it a try I might do a little bit of my own research but you we've got a big responsibility as as going into as the the professional haven't we we do we do um but yeah no I was very lucky and I'm 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 always very thankful that I did find Winky and I suppose that Alfie and all of his problems set me off on a path that I probably never have found otherwise um so where where on the timeline does the 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 idea of office dogs come up because i know in the beginning of the book you you give a really nice sort of summary as to how uh, how it started really i mean i think where we work really um kind of uh sets the kind of cases we get don't they so um and once you have one people talk to each other and you end up with another so did you find yourself as a bit of a sort of unwitting office dog expert because of the cases you were getting well what happened was as part of going back to towards education as part of the education you have to do a final project Mm. Um, and I have to say initially I was very 
intimidated by Turid because she can be very sort of no nonsense and <laughs> she doesn't agree with what you say. She's got no problem telling you that. So I really felt under pressure to come up with something that was that you know she was going to approve of and that was mm. going to that was going to maybe be of interest to her. Um, and then just by fluke around that time, what I noticed was that I was, as you say, having a lot of people coming to me, not a lot, but a number of people coming to me in London who were bringing their dogs to work. And it sounds like such a, a brilliant solution for everyone. If you've got a dog, I'm sure most people, if they were told they could bring their dog to work, they'd be delighted. <laughs> um, because on the surface, it just, it sounds like such an all round great idea. But, um, sorry, that's, that's the other dog. <laughs> Don't <laughs> My worry. Partner coming home. Oh no, um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the podcast without someone's <laughs> dog kicking off in the background. So <laughs> you'll stop in a second. Um, but yeah, so I, I was meeting these people and despite the fact that it sounded like such a good idea on paper, the reason I was seeing them is because they were actually having problems. Mm. Um, so it just got me sort of thinking, well, it should be good. It should be working. What's going wrong? Um, and it kind of went from there. I thought, well, when I started looking at what was going wrong, I thought, well, a really simple guide could help people avoid so many of these problems. So then I thought, sure, well, for this project that I have to do, I'll make a little guide, a little ebook. I'll put it on my website and it will be a resource for people who want to bring their dogs to work. And I remember sitting there when the final weekend came and people were doing their projects um, or it might have been before that and people were talking about their projects. And I was sort of thinking, oh, God, you know, they've, they've done so much or they, you know, I was thinking, this, this, this isn't going to go down well. Um, <laughs> but actually, I was standing up there and I was keeping an eye on Tourid out of the corner of my eye as I did my presentation and um, because I'd been warned she could look very unimpressed when people were doing oh, no. their presentation. <laughs> no, no pressure it sounds there like, at sounds all. like my worst nightmare, <laughs> listeners. Stay in a room of someone that I consider to be a peer of some description and then just having to look over yeah. and try and see, are they, do they look okay? Are they okay with this? I'd be, yeah, be freaking out. I'd be yes, I was standing there and I was talking and I was, <laughs> sorry. I'd be desperate for any approval, anything yeah. that was like nodding along, anything. Yeah, yeah. So I was keeping, I was keeping an eye, an eye on her, and I noticed as I went this little smile creep across her face, <laughs> and I was hoping it wasn't a derisory smile. But <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, when I got to the end of it, she was really, really positive about it, um, and she said to me, she said, "Oh, I'd love to see that book in hard copy." And I just laughed it off as a cuff, my little ebook and hard copy. Um, but what I didn't realize was that Tour had actually had a publishing company in Norway that published Norwegian mm. Norwegian books. Um, so she said that she would like to publish it in Norwegian. And I was thrilled. This was wow. you know, a wonderful endorsement. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of went from there. So once she published it, I thought, well, sure, if they, if they publish it in Norwegian, maybe I could find an English publisher. Um, and then I ended up with Hubble and Hattie and there's actually there's an Italian version that's hopefully coming out this oh, wow. month or next month um, and there's a Norwegian one in the pipeline and a few other no, I said uh, not Norwegian Dutch um, yeah. in the pipeline so there's a few it's really wow that's amazing yeah eggs in a way I never expected it to 
Um, and I suppose since I moved back to Ireland, I, I went back to working full time in a, in a day job, so to speak. Um, so I had much less time for dog training. So I decided to maybe focus my energy on this office dog side of things um, and see if I could build a business that was providing resources and advice to dog friendly companies. Mm. Um, so that's, I suppose that's how I got to, to where I am now. It's so fascinating. I just want to throw something in there. So, so is that literally you specialized in, in your business providing, you know, information to dog friendly companies in terms of, did you go down that road, that road in, in specializing in that, or did it, did you do other stuff as well? I, I mean, I do bits of other stuff, especially, you know, with the whole COVID situation, mm-hmm. there weren't people in offices, never mind dogs. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, and I've always taken on the odd client because I think you do need to sort of keep your keep your hand in, in a way of sort of doing that work with dogs. Um, and often I, I do end up with sighthounds. People will often contact me sure. about a sighthound and I can't say no. So I have, I've sort of kept on little bits and pieces or people who are quite near and it's convenient. Um, but I suppose in terms of marketing and and focus, my focus has been on the office dog side of things. But I, I do still see, I suppose, non-office dog clients as well. Um, I guess that's the beauty of having a book because you, uh, you know, I've certainly used it with clients that I've had um, because um, you, you've kind of put down all this knowledge. And I know probably the minute you've put uh, pen to paper, it's it's out of date or you, there's things you'd like to add or things you'd like to take out and and all sorts but it's it's such a brilliant resource it's really it's really well written really accessible um and I think it's one of those books that I know I can just reach for and give to a client that is is wanting to take their dog uh, to the office because like you said at the beginning it sounds like a win-win situation but often it's not <laughs> you know and I think when when I've been called in to dogs that go to work with their owners uh, usually it's on the far scale of things so they've actually got themselves in an altercation and they've bitten mm. a co-worker and I'm having to backtrack and unpick so to have something like your office dogs book for people to thumb through at the start just really starts the the, the situation and the environment and you know it's, it's basically got everything in there for it to be successful if the dog is happy which is great yeah that's lovely to hear because that, that's that's what I wanted um because I do it at the heart of it I think it's great because dogs dogs are social creatures and at the end of the day most of us have to work and you know the, the difficult thing for lots of dogs is being left at home so I think you know, obviously everything has changed now with COVID, but if things yeah. do go back to the way they are, I really sort of felt it was it was the way of the future. If more people could bring their dogs more places with them, um, it would just really improve the welfare of yeah. so many dogs. I, I don't, I was reading it actually, because I, I reread it because I knew we were talking to you. So I, I can't remember when I bought it years, years ago. Um, but um I was thinking, oh, things have changed now and a lot of us are working from home. But you know what? It stands up. You could just rebrand it as, as COVID dog training and yeah. then you're ready to go. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking that myself. Yeah, I did. There's I did. so many bits in it that, that are relevant for just having a happy dog at home, let alone the office. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, in terms of uh, an instructional for, for almost any environment, it's pretty good. 
And that occurred to me, and actually early on in COVID, I suppose just as things were beginning to to maybe lift a bit, but I I did a um a Facebook Live or something for somebody. And that's what I was saying. I was sort of saying, well, in terms of what I'd recommend for dogs at home, it's actually pretty much the same as what <laughs> I recommend for dogs in the workplace. Um, so that's that's a really good point. I think I think it, it is very similar because people want the same things really from a dog at home when they're trying to work or from from a dog in the workplace. Um, so yeah, it's lovely to hear all those nice things <laughs> about my book. Thank you. <laughs> I think, oh, it's all very well deserved. <laughs> I think a lot of people wouldn't realise as well, maybe a lot of offices wouldn't realise the potential benefits of having a dog in the office as well. I know you bring up the fact that, you know, they can reduce stress in the workplace. I'm sure obviously if it's a happy, you know, well-adjusted dog to being in that area it can reduce stress. But yeah, there's there's some, some de- definite tangible benefits from having a dog in the workspace. Absolutely. And I think one of the ones that people often are really surprised to hear is they is that they can in, increase productivity. Because mm-hmm. when I was doing research for the book, one of the things I did was sort of contact lots of people and find out just regular people find out what their attitude towards dogs in the workplace was. And there were people who were sort of saying, oh, well, you know, I don't think it'd be good for work or productivity. Um, but there's actually there's very little in terms of downsides. Mm if people can just sort of get past that that presumption that they have that a dog is going to be a big distraction um, and sort of give it a go, there is a lot to be gained. And you can also, as I have with my students at uni when I've been teaching, you can use the promise of, of play with the dog as a <laughs> reinforcer for listening and doing your exercise. So, so I say, okay, guys, the quicker we get this done, the quicker we can all have a game with one of my fair muscles. <laughs> yeah, and I think when you give, I think with, with any sort of work perk, people don't want to lose it, so they don't tend to abuse it. I found yeah. the same when I was working in the UK and people were allowed to work from home you'd often have a really productive day at home because you didn't Mm. want people to be saying, oh, well, what have you done? Or have you been sitting at home watching Netflix for the day? (laughs) I think if you give people a perk, most people are going to to respond positively to that and give more um, rather than sort of take the piss and stop doing any work. Yeah, (laughs) I think you're completely right there. Or either that or they get really good at multitasking. So you can sort of yeah. watch Netflix with one eye and then keep your eye on the yeah. laptop with the other. Yeah, I mean, that is my life at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching Netflix now, just so you know, you have my full attention. She, def- she definitely is. <laughs> she definitely is, you're right. <laughs> yeah, hang on, I just forgot to watch the end here. <laughs> uh, there's there's a, a, a one page in the book that I absolutely love, and that's the... the, the, the setting up your dog in terms of like areas they're going to be in all of those parts and and you go through a few different things I wondered if I could uh, get your opinion on on some of them so you could so our listeners can learn a little bit about it um so suitable spot so if you're setting up a dog in the office where's the most suitable spot to pop them okay well I suppose you obviously have to think about your dog and what are issues for your dog but in terms of what I've been coming across with office dogs the things that they don't tend to like are noisy things. So I had somebody saying that the dog started barking every time anyone tried to use the photocopier, which wasn't ah. wasn't brilliant. Didn't like that noise. Um, and movement. So people coming in or going out of the office. So I think you want to sort of look at, 
that environmental side in terms of noise, heat, where the dog's going to physically be comfortable and try and, and provide that for them. And also to think of that fact that dogs do spend a huge amount of time watching and observing. And if you've got the type of dog who is a little bit guardy or who is a little bit funny about people coming in and out of the room, you probably don't want them looking straight on at a door. And um, so one thing I talk about in the book is using physical barriers to sort of block their vision of the door, if that's going to be something that's going to, to provoke them. Um, and it's something you get a lot in dogs at home as well, that people let their dogs look out the window and bark at everyone who passes and they're getting more and more wound up. Yeah. So it's the same sort of thing. If you've got somewhere where there's a lot going on, how can you manage that so the dog isn't getting sensory overload, that they're not reacting every time someone passes or comes into the office or leaves the office and getting more and more wound up as the day goes by. Um, so those are some things to think about. They also were obviously going to want to be near to their human yeah and um, that's why they're there they're there to be near you um so i think some of the some of the big companies or at least one of the big companies here in dublin that allows people to bring their dogs to the workplace i've heard and i haven't seen this for myself but i've heard that what they have is essentially a large kennel area downstairs where all the dogs are together so the dogs aren't actually with their people they're in the building they're on the premises but they're not beside their owners and um, so for a lot of dogs that that's going to be quite stressful and quite mm. quite adrenalizing if they're if they're essentially in a sort of a doggy daycare situation that probably isn't that well supervised yeah. so they're, they're just going to be again getting more and more wound up so there was there was one company there's a photo in the book in america that i was talking to called kurgo and they had a brilliant setup. They had created these wooden pods. Oh, that's the aerial photo, isn't it? With the yes. wood. Oh, I love that setup. It was brilliant. It was brilliant because it meant yeah. the dogs, they were with their humans. They weren't, I suppose, surrounded by everything that was going on because there were lots of, it was wood. So they couldn't, every time someone moved, they weren't picking up on it. Mm. And if you had a dog that didn't necessarily want to be hanging out with the other dogs or with the other people, they could be protected from that. Um, and actually, again, coming back to Towards Education, when we were doing Towards Education in Durham, Karen Webb, who organised it, her husband built pods like that, just by fluke that they're similar, but he had built those for the course so people could have their dogs with them without wow. having to worry about all the other dogs or oh that's like the, the puppy class dream isn't it <laughs> i know i know yeah. having pods is the way to go yeah and obviously for lots of offices that's not practical and i think it's something that does tend to be an issue in that certainly here in dublin a lot of offices they're not great on space there's a lot of sort of open plan stuff mm. and the dogs do have a lot of people coming and going into their space with not that much heed to the dog or how the dog is reacting or any sort of calming signals or communication coming from the dog so I think if you can get that physical setup right in a way that protects the dog and gives them that little bit of a buffer and um, that really is going to reduce the chances of you getting those issues that you mentioned at the beginning that that mm. tend to be the the big problems dogs growling or snapping at somebody or biting somebody in the workplace um, so getting getting that physical space right can help stop you ending up in that place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, 
I like I love the bit of the book actually where you go into the fact about lunchtime activities because I think that's something that a lot of people don't consider like the sort of activities you should do with your dog at lunchtime because you might think I need to get them out and I need to get them chasing around after a ball for 40 minutes or something along those lines but in your book you go um really in quite in depth into the idea of like playing sniffy games and and getting them to use their nose during lunchtime which I really I really thought that was great yeah and actually that was that 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 was the the penny dropping moment for me I suppose in a way was that when I was meeting clients in London and they were saying oh god my dog's barking at everyone in the office and he's really wound up Mm. um the penny dropping moment for me was when you kind of went through the routine and, and how the day was for the dog and you're thinking, well, you're bringing the dog out to chase squirrels for half an hour at lunchtime. His adrenaline levels are through the roof. You're training him to respond to movement. And then you're bringing him into an office where there's people coming in and out. And you're, of course, you've got a barking dog. Mm. Um, and I think, as you say, people do it from a, from a really good place. They want to bring their dog out yeah. and yeah. give them that exercise and, and have them sort of tired out and feel like they've they've had a bit of a break. Um, but um another another sort of influential person in my dog training life is Amber Batson and I love Amber she had a great quote about about calmness and she she said you know calmness is a way of life not a learned behavior Mm. so if if you want your dog to be to be calm and to be able to to be sort of relaxed you've, you've got to make that the default if you want them to just be relaxed when you're in the office and you're you're having them spiraling into an adrenalized state the rest of the time they haven't a hope Mm. but if you can if you can make that much calmer way of being what they naturally do most of the time you've got such a better chance of having a dog that's just naturally able to relax and settle when they're in a place um I'm right in amongst that right now with my Newfoundland peaches Um, (laughs) because she's she will she loves to chase squirrels um She's got and quite... you're you're going with her if she's going, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I've said it before on the podcast, but it's, it is my it's my quote at the moment. I have found myself at the base of many an oak tree, um, <laughs> but I yeah. So we we're introducing like calmer things around. So all other facets of her life, we're doing loads of impulse control stuff with her, um, teaching her to settle, um, doing a lot of nose work things with her in different in different areas of our life so not necessarily out on walks and things although we are doing little bits here and there and we're, we're starting to see the benefits of that rolling on massively now and it's it's lovely it's so nice yeah. to see and you know I, I think um I can't remember it might have even been you Nat that said about like you know trusting in the work that you're doing is is, is helping and is, is going to work with your dog I, lo- I love that um that idea and I don't think people we don't get enough of of that I think in the mainstream that that message that comes across about calmness so that quote is brilliant I think I'm gonna have to write that one down yeah (laughs) (laughs) no it is it is a brilliant quote and I think I think it does really sum things up um and I mean I've I've it's funny talking about the squirrels when I got my second greyhound Fia um I never did any ball chasing or squirrel chasing or anything like that with her um but the dog walker used to let her off to chase squirrels <laughs> in the local cemetery every day at lunchtime. And it was only when Fia actually went to chase a, a squirrel up a tree and banged her nose on the tree and sort of hurt herself oh, that the dog walker stopped 
doing it. <laughs> and it was amazing that once we totally cut it out, once there was no practice of that behavior, she totally dropped in her reactivity to squirrels very quickly. Um, cause, and we weren't doing any other chasing activities either. So she was, you know, it, it dropped out very quickly once we made sure it wasn't happening anywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's and I think if you, it? it is, it's really interesting. And I think if you've got a dog that's sort of very responsive to movement in the office, to people coming in and out of the office, you do have to look at where else in their life they're practicing that reacting to movement because people don't necessarily see the connection. No. They don't see the connection between chasing squirrels or joggers or frisbees and, you know, chasing people who move yeah. in an office environment. Yeah. I think it can be really useful for people to have that sort of broader view of their dog's behavior and where else they're they're practicing it. And what you also practice in the environment becomes the default as well, doesn't it? Because we we've recently been doing a lot of scent work stuff, um, tracking, um, and the the person that I was doing tracking with, a friend of mine, Gav, he was like, "Oh, we're going to go tracking in the woods," and I was like, immediately, I was like, "Well, that's where all the squirrels are. That's the worst idea in the world." It's like, don't worry about it. We'll we'll introduce it slowly. And now after just a couple of sessions, I'm, I'm seeing peaches like even in those environments be doing something different, like nose down rather than head up. Where's the squirrels? Where's the squirrels? Now it's yeah. nose down. So, yeah, again, that's been really, really interesting. Yeah. And it's convincing people like that, like you. It's convincing people to sort of give it a go. Exactly. Because it can feel so counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was petrified. Absolutely petrified. Uh, but especially because of the fact that with tracking, you've got to hold on to this tiny long line. <laughs> um with your thumbs and i'm thinking yeah good good luck good luck thumbs i have no <laughs> thumbs left and uh, yeah so it was it was a baptism of fire but yeah mm. with a great teacher and you know just a bit getting a bit of confidence and seeing how peaches reacted was absolutely brilliant um so yeah. so yeah i think that message of like you know practicing the right things and and you know getting your you know not practicing the things that you don't want your dog to do even if it's in completely different environments is a great message to get across yeah there's loads of wider messages that are I mean obviously it's a great book to just pick up if you want to take your dog to work in an office environment but I couldn't help thinking about all the other environments it applies to as well there's some really good themes in there like and and everyone on the podcast knows I love a pub so <laughs> when the bit that Steve has mentioned about positioning I was thinking this could be a good pub dog yeah, uh, training <laughs> manual you know because yeah. You want a vantage point, but you don't want to be right by the door. You don't want to be right by the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> you could just you could just essentially rebrand it, keep the content exactly the same, and just make That's three times plan. the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go for it. We'll have COVID dogs next year. Yeah. COVID yeah. dogs, dogs <laughs> following dogs. you. Yeah, and um, the other one was school dogs. I was thinking because yes. I really like the the posters that you put in the back just to, to oh, just kind okay. of sow the seed of people saying you know okay let's um let's let everyone know what the expected behavior is around here to prevent things like having to call Nat because my dog's sad yeah. someone um and uh I've worked with a couple of schools where they've had uh either office dogs at the school um or dogs that go in as reading dogs and all sorts and um, they've had some real success and it's so sweet because you go in and they've got the kids involved in making the posters so that the posters are, uh, the kids understand and 
um, all the visitors understand that, you know, when the dog's wearing this lead, we don't touch them and all this kind of stuff. And I think, you know, I, I work in a, an environment where dogs are allowed and there's a few sort of blue tacked dodgy posters that just says dog in office but they're not great <laughs> not they're, awfully informative <laughs> not yeah. really you know what, what do you you know do you want me to not come in or do I come you know so I think I really like the posters at the, at the back I think it's, it's good to put those messages out there for people that haven't got their dogs with them or might be scared of dogs or you know there's all sorts of, I, I thought you could also do a whole book on just posters yeah that, <laughs> yes you could that would be a great <laughs> idea it would be a great idea pull out posters and yeah. i suppose i suppose just to explain that more um i suppose the, the general approach was that when i when i was putting together the ebook because it was a final project initially what i wanted to do was was i suppose explain how all of Turin's key teachings applied so I suppose you know uh, you're doing yeah. an essay in school and you're told you have to show everything you've learned <laughs> yeah. so you know it was it was that sort of repackaging of of everything that I'd that I'd learned from I, but I think, yeah it works brilliantly because it it also kind of hoovers up a lot of um you know very early learning for people that might not have a problem dog and go to a trainer or a behaviorist but they're gonna they want to take their dog to work and so there's this sort of drip drip through it which I thought was really really important mm. but really nicely done thank you thank you <laughs> you're very welcome we're not I've never heard so many positive things said about me, <laughs> me about the book in such a, a condensed period of time before <laughs> We're and not we're not on recorded. commission, listeners. I should probably yeah, just yeah. say that. Isn't it? <laughs> it's been recorded, so when you're having a bad day, you just listen back to listen it. Listen back. <laughs> this is in fairness. This is you're the idiot. best the best podcast to come on because we we've never approached someone where we don't like the book. So <laughs> literally, you get you get an hour of us just you know blowing smoke, and uh, there you go, there you go, and you get to walk away feeling great for the rest of the day for, for no yeah. charge. <laughs> the my favorite photos in the book. Um, because I think it it normalised how mad all my dogs are and how I'm sort of an expert in this field and yet I let my dogs do things that people would probably gawp at. Mm. Um, there are lots of dogs lying on desks. This one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that one right there. I was just... And- do you know what? I was just, as Nat said that, I was like, I don't know what she's going to say here. So I'm going to thumb through. <laughs> and as soon as I find a you know photo it. that I know Nat would like, and I, I stopped on that page, I was like, that's the one. And it's a little Jack Russell. <laughs> of course, so, yes. You know, especially in the winter, they want to be cozy and they want to be close to me. So a bed on the floor, it's not going to cut it. So no. the amount of times I've moved my their bed or even just put my jumper or something next to my keyboard and then everybody's happy. Yes, exactly. They're up high, they're near you. It's, it's, it's a win-win. And I think, you know, I think one thing that I noticed when I moved back to Ireland, and maybe it's because I suppose we're all so much closer to maybe an agricultural past, or maybe we're just a little bit more laid back as a population, but the people were much more accepting of their dogs' mm. foibles. I found in, in London, people had really high expectations of yeah. their dog that you know anything that you know they were barking but you know dogs bark it's something that dogs <laughs> do there was there was very little understanding of the fact that they were a different species with with a whole different repertoire of behaviors um 
so I think it's really nice with photos like that when you can see dogs being dogs and it's not this sort of sanitized well they need to act like little furry people type yeah. thing because they're never going to they're never going to be like your secretary or your colleague they're <laughs> always going to be a dog and they're always going to want to do dog things and that includes being up high and being near you and shedding hair and shaking muddy wet hair <laughs> everywhere when they come in um so I really like that photo because I think again it's, it's that thing of having reasonable expectations of your dog mm-hmm. they're they're as you say they're probably not going to want to sit on the floor quietly for the whole day yeah. while you tip type away on your on your keyboard um, I mean it's always a bit trickier when the lurcher gets involved though because he takes up the whole <laughs> desk and he's like up here so <laughs> What's wrong with you? Don't you realise you need to bring a human bed into your office <laughs> yeah. if you're bringing a lurcher? Yeah. There is. That, that's oh, what God. that is. That's a day bed. That's a bruised bed. I know. I'm well and truly sighthound trained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a special type of training, being sighthound trained, isn't it? Basically, carry a double duvet with you everywhere. Everywhere you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell us a bit about... Um, where our listeners can find you, uh, where, if you've got social media presence, um, how they can get a copy of your book, all sorts. Do a little bit of promotion for us so that we can sell, sell sure. your wares. Okay, thanks, Nat. Well, um, my website is happyofficedogs.com, so that's an easy one to remember. And what I would encourage you to do if you're heading over there is to subscribe to the mailing list. Um, I don't spam people. But there's a few sort of quite exciting things coming up over the next month. And there's going to hopefully be some very exciting news towards the end of this year. Oh, that's spoilerific. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a clue off the podcast, guys, as to what it is. I don't want to tell everyone yet. (laughs) But there will be some very exciting news. And um, I'm also, I'll be running some webinars over the autumn, which will be some office dog related and some not specifically office dog related, but useful for people who have office dogs. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. And Happy Office Dogs is, is the same. It's for everything. It's just, it's, it's Happy Office Dogs. Um, so yeah, do come over and find me and follow me and hear what's happening um, in the Happy Office Dogs world. Well, I'm intrigued now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> another another mail subscription. Although, is there room in your inbox after joining um, Mark Beckoff's subscription? I mean, that is that is a tornado <laughs> of emails, isn't it? Let's be honest. I like look. I can't. If anyone ever emails the Barks from the Bookshelf uh, email address, um, just just bear with me because I do have to <laughs> have to have to trawl through forty emails a day from Mark Beckoff on on very interesting things. Mark, in he case is an amazing mailing list. Oh, yo. I'll have to get on that one. Yeah, you should. I've I've recommended it to a few people because it's oh I don't know how he has time to do it, but it's amazing. No, no I but I've had I've had to put mine together into a daily digest. Otherwise, it was like an email an hour, which is amazing. Wow. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, I don't do that many. I only send maybe an email every month or two months. Um, so I promise not to to be a burden to your mailbox if you do subscribe. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so what would so finally then, what would you say? So if you were a uh, CEO, director, Bill Gatesy type character, Jeff Bezos, let's go that line. I was thinking about like, thinking about letting dogs into offices, um, but I'm a bit worried about what might happen if I do. 
what are the benefits of having a dog in the office? What would you say would be, why would you want a dog in the office? Well, what I the first thing I would say is that anything to do with dogs, I never believe in the hard sell because people have to really want it for it to work. So whether that's adopting a dog or getting a puppy or letting dogs in your workplace, you have to really want it and you have to be willing to put the work in. So I suppose the advantages are that you will have that reduced stress in your workforce. Mm -hmm. You'll have increased team cohesion. You will have increased staff retention. You'll have increased recruitment. Um, so those are all really great things for any any manager or CEO to get. Um, but if, if you want to truly benefit, it's worth doing your research and sort of thinking about dogs and what dogs need and how how you can, I suppose, meet them halfway. So if you're going to be getting all of those great advantages and that improved staff retention and that that, I suppose, the positivity that comes with having dogs in the workplace that you you've got to be willing to meet the canines halfway and put in a little bit of work from your side as well I love um, that. but yeah it's totally worth it. it it is really worth it and everyone who I've spoken to when I've been in workplaces that have dogs people do love it and they even love the things that are the disadvantages in a way like people don't mind if there is a bit of a distraction because sometimes they need it and you know sometimes it just does you good to step away from your desk and take your dog out for a toilet break um yeah so i think even the things that people would be worried about very often turn into positives in reality um that's a really good point actually because I, I wonder how many people like don't get those breaks from staring at a computer all day long a bit you know it gives you a reason to sort of like go out and have those little breaks yeah, exactly. And all that sort of, because you know, you know yourself, anyone who has a dog knows that when you have a dog, people speak to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> when I moved to London, I found it the most unfriendly place until I got a dog. And then suddenly <laughs> people stop you and say, oh, that's a lovely dog. Where did you get it? <laughs> you know, in workplaces, people are often really in their own world. And I suppose the more busy and hectic and stressful a workplace is, the more people are like that um so throwing a few dogs into the equation will definitely have people stopping chatting getting to know each other um and you never know someone that you've been working with for years might finally talk to you and you realize that they're not grumpy they just yes. you know miss their dog all day and <laughs> now they've got something to talk to you about i always remember when i was when i was first taking um my colleague jack to work he wasn't allowed in the building but we had a really nice setup where i could park the car so it was only on it wasn't on really cold or really hot days but um uh and he would he had kind of a tailgate guard and um i I remember being prepared for when the postman came because I thought, I don't know how he's going to react to the postman coming in and out because he had to go past the car. So I was kind of there ready with some treats, but I wasn't really watching because I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. And the postman gets straight out of his van, um, walks over to Jack, posts a bonio through his crate and then goes into the building. I was like, I don't even know what I was worried about. <laughs> yeah. That's a savvy postman, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's great. That's a that's got to be a first now. That's your first postman story. That's my first postman story. Usually, it's you. There you go. I <laughs> I used to be a postman many moons ago, so he I'm never not... meant never mentions it though. It comes out a oh. lot, you know. <laughs> It seems seems everything that ever interesting ever happened to me when I was a postman. So there you go. It's one of those jobs, though, isn't it? It is one of those jobs. It certainly is. Oh, don't get me started. Shush. Stop. 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 For another time. 
another dog. It might be a good one to bring a dog with you, though, wouldn't it? I know. Yeah. I, I think they they got quite stringent rules, but back in the day, definitely that used to happen. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, dog yeah. Around. A little dog along in the van, that'd be nice. Yeah, it would. <laughs> it would be nice. <laughs> there's a just just to finish up, there's a lovely bit in the epilogue at the end of the book where you um you mention I'll be butchering the quote here, but it's something along the lines of, you know, we all think that dogs are really lucky to live with us, but actually it's the flip side of that. You know, um, we're really lucky to live with dogs. And I love that. I love that as a sentiment. It's really nice. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I think that too. And I think it's something people can forget. Yeah. Um, we fall into the trap of thinking, well, we're providing the housing and the food and but th- they're providing I think so much more. a lot of the time, you know, you, you talk about like the acceptance of their foibles. I think the more people think along those lines, the more accepting you are of all of those little, you know, idiosyncrasies and things that they do that you know might in other people annoy them and things along those lines so I think it's a great mindset to be in it really really is thank you and actually just you speaking about the epilogue made me realize that when you asked me to tell people where they could get the book I didn't so let ah. me do that <laughs> good I know that be a seamless finish like you <laughs> <we laughs> do that really we'll be we'll be sure as well to post every link in the in the show notes mm. and everything like that so yeah. so that our listeners can uh, find where you are but yeah for sure mm-hmm. where can you find it you can find the book, of course, on Amazon. You can get it there as, as a hard copy or you can get a Kindle. And also on the publisher's website, the Hubble and Hattie website, you can get it there. Um, and I think it's on the Waterstones website and some of the, the other big booksellers online. So there's no excuse um, <laughs> not to find it. And if you do buy it and you like it, it'd be great if you could um, leave me an Amazon review because I, I believe they're, they're good things to collect. Um, yes we'll be yeah. sure to do that yeah for sure. there you go listeners yeah. get on amazon and write a review if you've got it yeah <laughs> yeah if you've, if you've got the book write a review hopefully a nice one <laughs> <laughs> i always say if it's anything less than five stars just yeah don't, don't, worry. don't worry about yeah. it yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go well yeah well, if jeff bezos is thinking about inviting dogs into the amazon hq then uh <laughs> yeah he knows where to find me there's an, exactly. added, there's an added perk there isn't he doesn't, Amazon. doesn't, doesn't yeah. need to go far to find the best manual for having them in the office Jeff just saying I know Jeff's a listener anyway so you know <laughs> right brilliant well don't don't disappear when we say goodbye we do a fake bye 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 and then Hi. and then you've got yeah. and then don't you because sometimes people just disappear and then we don't get to and find we go, oh, oh, no. and we don't get to find the juicy oh. gossip out that you were going to tell us yeah. okay yeah <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on um it's thank an absolute you. pleasure and it's a great book um and write more and um yeah yeah well, thanks for having me no problem thank at you. all thank you for your time <laughs> see you later bye okay bye 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 Back, back from <laughs> from the past into the future. Amazing! Wow, what an what an interview! It Thanks very much, Stephanie. Thanks, Stephanie. Awesome. And um, we'll hopefully talk to her again sometime. I know, I know. There were there were inklings of inklingness. I know a thing of good things, good things <laughs> happening in the future. I do. I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah. Of a certain, yeah, we couldn't couldn't get it out of her. Mm, could we? I tried. Wow. I tried. Wow. <laughs>
<laughs> right then. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but um, I'm all infused to go and work in an office right now. <laughs> with, with the appropriate it might social be a bit distancing. lonely at the moment. That's why I built one. Yeah. I read this book and then I built my own office. Oh, you need a water cooler. Do you think? What, what to you stand need? around yeah, and gossip about? We can at. stand around and talk about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Jay. Moan about Jay. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Excellent. Well, I must admit, I have missed doing podcasts. It's been really, really... Yeah, this has been it's, good. It's been really good getting back on the wagon. So so all that we need to do now is go to my favourite, favourite part, which is the Greg Wallace moment. Yeah, I, think I, can, I think is I can... He, hit, is he on his way? I think he's found us. Just like the distant bells of Father Christmas. <laughs> Here he comes. Here comes Greggy. Whoa! It's the Greg Wallace moment. <laughs> Ooh. There he is. Greg. Greg's back. All's good in the world if Greg is wowing and chuckling away. Indeed. Has anyone actually um, looked at how much John Chirod blinks yet? <laughs> I'm interested to know if anyone else has noticed this. Don't don't look for it because once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> Sometimes he's having a mini nap. Like, he's a very slow... It's it's lots, and then I it's can't do uh, it. sustained. Yeah, yeah, long... I, th- I think, actually, I think um, it, the sustained ones are just super fast. <laughs> they're ones. so fast, it they're looks so like... Fast, they're imperceivable hey, to Let your... me see how many blinks I can do. <laughs> it's like four. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't blink and laugh. Oh, no. I can't blink and laugh. Guys, I hope you're blinking that's, along with us out there. That's the quote for the podcast. <laughs> I can't blink and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I'm going to go in with my Greggy Wallace moment. Go. Uh, we've already talked about it in the interview, so I spoiler alert of my own thing, but hey ho. Um, inappropriate lunchtime exercise. Ah. Uh. Ball, frisbee, stick, squirrel chasing. This sort of activity repeatedly triggers the prey chase response in dogs, resulting in the body being flooded with stress hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol. As a result, dogs are often quite wired afterwards and quicker to react. If these activities take place regularly, the adrenal gland becomes enlarged and produces elevated stress hormones constantly. Sometimes there is an initial gain for the owner as the dog can be physically tired after intense exercise. However, when he recovers from the physical tiredness, the stress hormones will still be present and undesirable behaviours can result um, as can occur as a result. Additionally, activities that flood the system with adrenaline can mean that pain is minimised, allowing the dog to do himself harm or exacerbate existing injuries. Looking at you, Steve. Particularly this news of this next sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Even old or infirm dogs will sometimes seemingly forget they have pain once the ball appears <laughs> as the excitement and the <laughs> adrenaline in their bodies minimises this. Do you realise karma will come and get you? It will bite you on the arse. I'm sorry, day. I hadn't read ahead and I, I mentioned you. Just come an old bloody racehorse old being put out, to, put out to pasture, isn't it? I'm so sorry, mate. But you anyway, wait. I think that's a really important... It's something that we all talk about a lot, isn't it? We could it? all learn something from, We apparently. could all learn something. Steve. <laughs> I, didn't re- I didn't know that about the adrenal gland actually enlarging. Well, I would like to read more about that, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um, and I think we are, yeah, we can all be guilty of that, can't we, sometimes thinking just some quick, you know, sprints up and down will tire us out, but no. 
mm-hmm. not necessarily you might you might have a, a very um a very small window of a tired dog but then you'll be dealing with all sorts of stuff at the other end of that which you don't want to be dealing with nope no you do not right know, where's my sorry that was a bit moment? of a long wow moment but i couldn't stop no it was a good that was a good wow okay. moment have you have you heard this podcast how long are <laughs> I think we're doing quite well for the coming back. We can bring people in nice and slowly. We <laughs> didn't do a six-hour special for our first one back. No. Mind you, we haven't wrapped up yet, so it could happen. Where am I do- what am I looking at? Page 44, that was it. Okay, yeah, Greg Wallace moment for me. In our- so along a similar theme from um, uh, things you don't want to do, this mm-hmm. is all about interactions. Too many, the wrong type. So I'm going to read this out here and we can have a little chat, a little chit-chat about okay. it. And there probably won't be some sort of, um, you know, uh, way of uh, telling you you're too old in here. <laughs> right. Dogs are inherently social creatures and most of them crave companionship and company, much like us. One of the really great things about being able to take your dog to work is that it means he's not isolated at home whilst you're at work. However, sometimes the way we communicate and the way our dogs communicate can be at odds the mis- and misunderstandings can occur. We are all prone to doing things to our dogs that they can find inherently threatening. We pat them on the heads, lean over them, approach them head on, pick them up, hug them, none of which is considered polite or appropriate in the canine world. Whilst our dogs might be accepting of us doing these things, and I know there are some out there who seem to simply unable to get enough attention, they can find it very unsettling when people they don't know do them. And that's something you need to bear in mind, isn't yeah. it? I guess if, you, if you're going to constantly be, be taking your dog into an environment where there's loads of people around, um, especially in a contained environment where everyone's going to be like, oh my God, he got a dog. So that's it's very important that people understand that. Yeah, and and the safety aspect of, you know, yeah. if, you're your, if you're your only dog's carer in the office environment, what happens when you need a wee? Or when you go and make a cup of tea or you go into a meeting, you know. Yep. Can you vouch for the people that you're leaving your dog with? Yes. This brings me really well, as a little segue here, to some of the... In the back of this book, there's some posters. Um, and they're just called Useful Office Dog Posters. So one's for putting on, on your door of your office. Because um, obviously people might walk in, postman, God knows what else. And it says, office dog inside, please close door behind you. Um, and it says, I'm a superb escape artist. Please enter promptly and close the door behind you. I think that's really, really good. Obviously not about that. But the other one says, office dog inside. If you'd like to say hello, please let me approach you. I'm a little bit nervous of new people. So if you're coming in, please wait for me to approach you. Look at me from the side rather than straight on. I'm shy in brackets. Um, if I approach you and you wish to say hi, come down to uh, come down to my level and stroke my side. If you need to... Uh, if you need to approach where I'm sitting, approach in a curve. Thanks for understanding. That's some nice little bits yeah, of advice. Yeah, sweet. It's like rules of engagement, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the behaviourist in me then says, should this dog be in an office environment? But I'm not going to be Debbie Downer. I'm going to do it. See, see, I think, I don't think you need to be Debbie Downer here because I think what Stephanie's doing here is, yeah, that the dog described here. I read this as the dog described here isn't the dog that's in the office. I read this as this should just be rules for life yes, with any yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So maybe we can, we can, you, you know. I, I love it. I love the idea of doing these little posters. I think it's a really yeah, good idea. Yeah, it's really good. I've done a, um, quite a bit of work with local schools, and um, mm. you know the staff have been keen to kind of train up a school dog, 
um, which is always tricky because you're trying to you know balance the needs of everybody but one thing that's been really successful is getting the kids involved in um, you know the training program or the like the rules of engagement so you know when the dog has this particular harness on he's working mm. so please ignore him and then being able to draw the posters and everything just mm. gets everybody involved in it which is good yeah the kid, that works really well with kids I can't remember mm. where I heard that about um, if you've got kids at home I've repeated it so often I can't remember apologies whoever came up with this but um they would make signs for the like the dog is sleeping but get the kids to make uh, the signs yeah. or the dog is eating leave alone and it really worked wonders in terms yeah. of the kids going even saying to their mum and dad no he's sleeping yeah. gotta stay away and i think that's that's really really cool really really good well there you go there's my wow yeah good wows it's a good comeback wow Thanks, Greg. double comeback wow there all good shall we let's go hey well, there we go. Look at that. Back with a bang. Flew through it. Flew through it. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to our voices again. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm. It's been a while. Um, but we've got loads of exciting stuff lined up. Oh, my golly days. We've yes. got loads of exciting things lined up. We've got loads of guests in the pipeworks and, and absolutely awesome books coming up, new and old. We've got loads of exciting things to announce that we can't announce at the moment because yeah. our hands are tied. Yes. But, um, we just need to send some things to some people about a thing and then we can tell you the thing iron some things out mm-hmm. i must admit i'm sat in the office here and i just i can't stop looking at all the birds there's so many birds in your garden it's... there's two what are these two oh, look, little ones these are my favorite these are long-tailed tits okay so usually there'll be three or four with them they come in little there's groups. a little one there there's one down here as well yeah another one of those oh yeah there is see four they flit around all together oh a lot oh my They're lovely days. aren't they how do you get any work done? The robin's well, having I a go. I don't. Look. I don't. I just. It's, that's why it's nice having the glass, isn't it? Because you miss all this otherwise. Mister Robin's not happy. He's like, get out. Territorial. Get out, you long-tailed tit. She said. <laughs> anyway, without <laughs> being too distracted by the tit show in the garden, we'll. Um, right, yes. We'll. Uh, We'll do a tit update. We will do a time. daily a daily update. Yeah. Um, it's nice recording in here, though, isn't it? It I is mean, nice recording. We'll now, see it, what yeah. um, Boris says tomorrow if we're allowed to see point, each other ever again. Mm. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess by the time this goes out, things might change. Tom, your anyway. podcast husband, so surely we should be allowed. Well, yeah. to it's be work. Some sort of it's bubble. work, man. It's work. It's work, Boris. Calm your trousers. Look how hard we work talking about tits in the garden. Right, I'm going to read, um, because um, we haven't got our uh, In Praise of Dogs or my little dog book. Cause no, but this, place, is but this is lovely. So this is lovely. This is the epilogue from um, Stephanie's book, so I'm going to read it for you. And then we'll say bye-bye. So here we go. As mere mortals, we can often fall into the trap of believing that our dogs are very lucky to live with us, enjoying free bed and board, no necessary... Told you karma would come and get you, didn't I? Hang on, let me just put my teeth in. Okay, done. No necessity to work and none of the human stresses that we encounter on a daily basis. However, in reality, it is we who are lucky to have them. Dogs have come in from the wild to share our lives, our sofas and our hearts. And in doing so, have sacrificed a full life of autonomy and freedom. We owe it to them to ensure their lives are as happy and as fulfilling as possible. If you have the opportunity to take your dog to work with you, it's important to strike a balance so that the experience enhances your dog's life rather than detracts from it. 
For many of us, work is a source of some degree of stress and having our dogs there can alleviate this somewhat as their very presence de-stresses us. But we must ensure that the experience is also a pleasant one for them and I hope that my book has gone some way to showing how this is going to be achieved with relative ease. Remember, plan ahead and if it's not working for your dog, reconsider. Not all dogs will enjoy being office dogs and for them, a dog walker or minder may be a better option. For those who do enjoy the experience though, the guidance provided here should help ensure that it remains that way. Yeah. Lovely words from Steph there. It's going off in your back garden. You, I, you were a little bit distracted there when I was, I was. reading that. We've got I, some little blue tits yeah. that are going up there. We've got the long tail Oh, they're tits. in the pond, look. We got a left left-legged warbler. <laughs> I don't know what that one was. There's like a beige type. Mate, there's one a that there's a bird book behind you. I suggest you have a look in it. You are just making stuff golden up. E- right there's a golden now. eagle. <laughs> no, it's his fatty, the wood pigeon. Uh, fatty fat. He'll just come in and crash into everyone. Oh no, it's it's magpie. magpie. Maggie magpie. She'd sell this house to Chris Packham. He'd love it. <laughs> I'm sure he's got more tits in his garden than He'd me. He'd love it. <laughs> On that note. On that note. On that birdie on that, note. On that slanderous <laughs> accusation about Chris Packham's garden. <laughs> we shall bid you a farewell and hopefully you will join us next time for some more fun and frivolity and bird updates. Nice one. Oh, he's got a worm. He's got a worm, sorry. We've lost Steve. Sorry. He's gone. I love it. I love it. It's great. Anyway, um, we should record at night. Yes. <laughs> All right, bye-bye, everyone. All right, bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Atoms collide, our cells divide, just like they all. A spark of life We multiply This ride has just begun And here at the end of a line That stretches back through all time Time guided by a primal desire to simply survive. Survive, you can't keep it down. And where 
exists It's our duty to persist Resist and fight and defend till the end Another's right to all this This bliss A wish A kiss You can't keep me down You know And I can't keep you down I know And it won't be kept down